The body of God is a precious gift of life. God bless you. For those who have gone around to hug somebody, God bless you. God bless you. For those who have gone around to hug somebody, God bless you. Hallelujah. 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 Can you give me a hug? Okay. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. Yes. My daughter came to give me a hug. Everybody else forgot about me, but I'm also part of the body. Hallelujah. So in case if you all forgot about me, I'm still here. So I say, I love you all. Amen. I am deeply excited for our time and season that we are in. And I want us to share a word of prayer before I go to the message. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your holy presence. We ask that, Lord, may your spirit move. May your Holy Spirit take hold of our hearts. Nurture us with your word. That we shall be fruitful in you, Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for this day. And for your church. And for all that you have done in our lives. And what you continue to do in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are entering into a very important time of the next course of the rest of the year. Because we are now going to be focusing mainly on what this year, when we talked about the glorious leap, what it really is meant for. Amen. So today itself actually opens up this very theme of the glorious leap. It also opens up truly the, the, the meat of what we are going to be dealing with through the course of this year. And it's happening in both campuses here and also in Lynchburg. So it is, I am excited about it, and I hope you are excited about it as well. Amen. One of the primary focus of this year that we are going to be dealing with is really the concept of engaging in prayer. Tell your neighbor, I am engaging in prayer. The main text itself that we took, this, the, the, the Lord gave to us concerning the glorious leap. Jeremiah 33 verses 3, if we can put it up really quickly. Jeremiah 33 verses 3. He says, that call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things, which, are to come, which thou knowest not. Which what thou knowest not. But it first began with the very clear statement, call unto me. It is only when we call God, it's where he reveals and answers our prayers, and he reveals the greater thing that has not yet been revealed. There is a mandate in our place of prayer as a church. That is why Jesus Christ said that my house shall be a house of what? Prayer. Because it is out of his house that he reveals the sights and wonders of his might. So it is necessary, tell your neighbor, it is necessary for me to be a prayer person. For me to engage in prayer. Hallelujah. Our secret weapons as children of God really boils down to prayer. If we find yourself in a place whereby you are struggling to make ends meet, Ask yourself, where is prayer? When things are not going the way you want it to be going, ask yourself, where is prayer? It is one of the greatest value of us, our life as believers. But it's the very thing that most Christians have also put aside. And it's my prayer that this year, as we go through the course of the year, the Lord will continue to teach us 
that will continue to have a different understanding when it comes to prayer. We will leap in our place of prayer because we need that, not just the face of the, the, the surface. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live my life whereby before I enter into something, I already know that this is not going to even happen. But I want to live my life whereby I, I can pray and change the course of time. You didn't hear me here. You see, it's like when your boss calls you in and you have done something wrong and you go to see your boss, sometimes you already know that you're already fired. True? But there is power in prayer whereby the thing that should happen because you are praying, God turns things around for your good. The thing that should go to your negative, God turns it around for your what? Good. So it is necessary as a child of God to engage in prayer, to, be a des- to have desire for prayer. Hallelujah. The disciples have worked with Jesus. And some way, somehow, they came to the gospel of Luke chapter 11, if we can go there, and asked Jesus this very important question. Teach us to pray. They did not ask Jesus Christ, teach us how to do signs and wonders. They did not ask Jesus Christ, teach us how to make money. Yeah. They did not ask Jesus Christ, teach us how to get rid of this situation. But teach us how to pray. It means that they saw there is something about Jesus and prayer that he, 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 he matured in, that it changed the course of all things. And that should be our prayer today. That Lord, teach us how to pray. We don't want to just be opening our mouth and just saying all sorts of things when it's not the pattern that Jesus Christ wants us to pray. We want to pray whereby when we pray, there is a result that comes after our prayers. We want to pray that when we pray, we see a change from our prayers. We want to get to the very place that when the child of God calls upon the Lord, he answers. Tell your neighbor, he answers. Teach us how to pray. This is a vital place in our life as children of God. Lord, teach us how to pray. And that is why it is necessary for us to engage in prayer. Hallelujah. So we are there in Luke chapter 11 going. And I will read. It says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, where he sees, meaning when he was done praying, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who, in, who indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. Amen. Here, Jesus Christ was teaching us something very important. He says, when you, stay, when you start to pray, say, 
Our Father. Our Father. What is he teaching us here? The pattern of our prayer is that we are calling upon something that is greater than us. You didn't get me. You see, when, 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 when the reason why the disciples did not need Jesus Christ to teach them about signs and wonders or about how to make ends meet is because they knew that when their strength could have limitation, but they knew that they needed a reinforcement. And it is out of prayer that we receive the heavenly reinforcement. Hallelujah. We need what? Reinforcement from heaven. When we cannot do with our own strength, we need heaven to come to our aid. When you are going through the challenges, when you are going through your motion in life, and things are not going the way you need to go, every day of your life, when I step into today, I need the reinforcement of heaven. Because I know my strength is limited. I know I am just flesh and blood. But if Jesus Christ comes to my aid in my prayer, if I go before God early in the morning in prayer, then I know that my, my answer does not come from the Lord. I mean, it does not come from man. The reason why prayer is necessary is because I know that my answer does not depend on man. Because man can fail you. Man can disappoint you. But Jesus Christ never fails. Jesus Christ never what? Fails. So if we can get into the very place where we desire in prayer, then we will be able to work with that reinforcement of heaven. There is a reason why the, the apostles walked and even the shadow of Peter was able to cause the dead to be healed. This is time whereby our life really manifests the power and the glory of God in everything that we do. But there are two things I want to talk about today briefly on this very subject matter. He began by saying that our father, our father, tell your neighbor our father. Or say our father. Yeah, I want us to just think about that very place quickly. Our Father. Our Father. What Jesus Christ is teaching us here is that prayer is a personal thing with you and God. Prayer is a personal thing between you and God. Our what? Father. Our Father. You have to make God a personal thing to you. It is an intimate place with you and God. When there is, wherever there is prayer in greater measure, there is intimacy with God. A child of God that does not know how to pray does not have any connection with Jesus. You didn't get me. If you are living your life as a child of God, as a believer, and you have no value in prayer, then you have no intimacy in God. Because it takes prayer for you to understand that you have a father. You get my point? If somebody is not my father, I don't call onto that person. But the reason why I call unto this person because I know that he is my what? Father. The child of God needs to have intimacy in prayer. 
We need to be intimate in our place of prayer. We are living sometimes in our life whereby there is no intimacy in it. Because if you are walking in prayer, if you are living in prayer, because you are walking in prayer, your relationship with Jesus Christ also is much stronger. So everywhere you go, before you even enter into a certain place, if it's not meant for you to enter, Jesus will speak to you. Sometimes we say that, I just want to just say what I want to say. The reason why self-control cannot be exercised by the believer is because there is lack of prayer. Can I say that again? Because if you are, if you are built up in prayer, then Christ dwells in that very atmosphere. So even when somebody messes the day up for you, before you even enter into that very place of mess, Jesus has already given you peace. So nobody understands why sometimes when it comes to chaos, you are always at peace. Because you have rested your very day into the hands of Jesus. You don't enter into the day depending on your own strength. You don't enter into your marriage depending on your own strength. You don't enter into a workplace depending on your own strength. But everything that you enter into, you enter into it depending on Jesus. And as you depend on Jesus, he takes over. Our Father who is in, who art in heaven means that I need the heavenly reinforcements. I need the heaven to step into the situation. I need the heaven to come to my aid. I need the presence of heaven to listen to my, to my request and my supplication. Our Father, an intimate relationship with Jesus. How intimate are you with Jesus? If you are struggling... One of the things you should check in your life as a child of God, if you are struggling in prayer, you should check your relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I say that again? Because I'll tell you the truth. If you are struggling to pray, you should check your relationship with Jesus. Can I say that again? If you are struggling to pray, check your relationship with what? Jesus. Do you know how many times children go to their parents' room without knocking? Those who are adults here, you know. Do you know how many times you could be on the phone and your child will just come to interrupt you? Oh, can I get a witness here? Is it just once in a while? All the time. Irrespective of how many times you tell them, I'm on the phone, they'll still tell you, Daddy, Daddy. Because they see whatever they want to tell you is so important than your phone call that you are on. Jesus Christ. Because the child knows. You see, the reason why Jesus Christ talked about children being so much of the, they, the kingdom of God belongs to them, because they get it. The church has failed because we have failed in prayer. The church has lost its power because we have lost in prayer. We are victorious because of prayer. We are who we are because of prayer. But the truth is this. If you change the DNA of something, the thing no longer becomes what it used to be. And the DNA of every child of God is prayer. Prayer. The more you pray, you see that sin does not approach you any longer. You don't entertain sin. You don't enjoy sin. 
the more you become conscious of prayer, the more you desire prayer. He said, our father. Now, check this out. Why didn't Jesus Christ say, my father? But he said, our father. There is another component of this intimacy. Is that we are not just intimate with Jesus just for ourselves. But we are intimate with Jesus for the sake of also those who are lost. For the sake of those who are also, what, lost. So it says our father, meaning that when we build that relationship with Jesus Christ, we don't go to Jesus just for our own needs. But we go to Jesus Christ also for the needs of those who are around, the church members, the people who are lost, those who are still in need of Jesus, those who are in need of salvation. We go in need for all of the, all those people that they shall also repent. Our father. Our father. I want you to just think through this message today. Where you stand with God when it comes to your intimacy. Can you call God and say, our father? Are you boldly able to go before God and say, our father? Hallelujah. We are still going. Amen. Tell neighbor, we are still going. I wrote here, lack of prayer is lack of intimacy. First Samuel chapter 12, verse 23. Please look there briefly. The prophet said, Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I, I should sin against the Lord in season to pray for you. God forbid that I will cease from praying for you because that is sin. He saw that as a place of sin. Why? Because it was a place whereby if he ceases to pray for the people, that he has ceased to do the will of God as a prophet. So check this out. When we cease to pray for others, we are ceasing to, from operating in what God has called us to do. When you think that you don't have nothing to pray, pray for somebody else. Pray for some, your pastor. Pray for the church leadership. Pray for the children's ministry. Pray for the, the women that are pregnant. Pray for the young men in this church. You always got somebody to pray for. You see, you should never walk around thinking that you don't have nothing to pray about. You should never cease in praying, as the Apostle Paul said. Do not cease in praying. We as a child of God and we as a church, we have a responsibility to mount up in prayer. Prayer should be something that we, de we delight in. And I will show you very soon why that is so. Because we have, we, we, we have forgotten the need of prayer. Most children of God will have their time to talk about everything, but not pray. Let the pastor, I, want to, I like it when I preach and I get down to what is necessary. Let the pastor do something to you. You will spend their time on your phone to call everybody to complain about what the pastor did wrong. My God. But I wish this church will have a different mindset. That in the mix of that, it's not about a phone call. But you get on your knees 
and you pray for the man of God. The father come to the aid of the servant. Father, reveal your love to the servant. Whatever may be going on, Father, show your love and your power to this person. That is what we've been called to do. Yeah. You see how we are missing it? We talk plenty. And we have little prayer. Listen. The destiny you want to live can never be achieved. Hear me. Can never be achieved by your own strength. Hear me. Michael Jackson and those people thought they had lived their destiny. But I came to guarantee you, they did not live an inch of their destiny. Because if you truly live according to your destiny, your life ends with greater power and greater wonders. You live this world, yet your life is talked about in good ways, not in ways of shame. You didn't get me here. You see, you can try to acquire all degrees and everything else in this world. But if your destiny cannot be birthed out of prayer, that is why Jacob had to come to the very place and say to himself that, God, not until you bless me, I am not letting you go. It's about time we get to the very place that God changes our destiny, not by our own strength, not by our intellect, but by prayer. By what? Prayer. Our Father. The word father is translated in the Hebrew in Luke chapter 11. The word father is translated as Abba. A-B-B-A, Abba. And that Abba represents, it means source. Tell your neighbor source or sustainer. So when Jesus says that he's teaching us to pray, when we call upon this our father, the one that we have a personal relationship with, he said we are going to the one that we have a personal connection for our source of life. Jesus is the source of our strength. Jesus is the source of our hope. Jesus is the source of our sustaining grace. Jesus is the source of all that we need and all that we desire after. Jesus is the source of what we desire after today. Today, I ask you, what is your source? What has been your source? What do you depend upon? Because if Jesus is our source of life, then day after day, I know that he's the one that will answer me. He's the source I put my hope in. He's the source I put my strength in. When I need hope, I need prayer. Because I know that the more I pray, he is my hope. The more I pray, when I need strength, I say I need prayer. Because the more I pray, the more Jesus Christ becomes my strength. It is about time that the, the body of Christ engages in prayer that changes the course of time. Abba Father, the source of our life. Meaning that out of him, without him, nothing else can come forth. It is only through Jesus Christ that we can see the things that we want to see in our life change. It is only through the Father in heaven. It's only where we can see the miracles that we want to see. He is the source of all things. The source of all things. 
So where have you connected yourself to? Who is your source? In your marriage, who is your source? In your finances, who is your source? In your workplace, who is your source? In your everyday life, who is your source? If Jesus Christ is your source of life, then you can be rest assured that even when, when all is lost, he will still provide life for me. Do you understand this? Because then this, this year we are going to pray. But we are praying that our prayer shall be moved from a different dimension to a place where we see results from God. He is the source and sustainer. In your classrooms, he is your sustainer. He's the source of your knowledge and wisdom. Without him, we have nothing else. You can live in the course of time. You can live 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, and it can end without living by the source of true life. Yeah. Because it's not every tree that bears for fruit. Correct? It's not every tree that bears for fruit. They are so-called trees. But inside of them, they are either dead, they have no nourishment, but it's still standing. All it takes is for a storm to come, to blow, and it falls down. We want to be a tree, but it doesn't matter what storm may come our way. But when it comes, life is still raining in us. And we are not moved by what we see. We are not moved by what we experience. But we are a church whereby we understand that our source is the Alpha and the Omega. It's the Alpha Father. He is our source. Hallelujah. Let's continue. I want us to look at Acts chapter 1, verses 12 to 14. Acts chapter 1, verses 12 to 14. And I read. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olive, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, the, and when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, and the son of Ahab, and Simon, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued in one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and, the, and Mary of the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. This scripture was the revelation of when the day of Pentecost came. The church was birthed out of what? Prayer. The moment the church loses the sight, the importance of prayer, the church no longer functions as a church. Can I say that again? The moment the church loses value in prayer, the church no longer functions as a church. Can I say that again? Because the truth be told, the moment the church loses value in prayer, the church no longer functions as a church. The very breath of the church came out of the breath of prayer. 
So we need to be a church that prays. We need to be a church that desires after prayer. We need to be a church that is adherent to prayer. We need prayer. Tell your neighbor, I need prayer. And this is how the church handles their affairs. This is how church handles affairs of issues. Acts chapter 4, verses 23. And it says, And then being let go, this is when the apostles have been arrested, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that they raised their voice to God, with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. When they heard what the chief priests and all the elders had said against them, the accusations, the apostles gathered together. And what did they do? They prayed. They prayed. They what? Prayed. Say with me, they prayed. Oh, they prayed. The church handles its affair on the battleground of prayer. We don't deal with our issues by just talking just like that. But you deal with issues by prayer. In your marriages, you don't deal with issues by just talking plenty. You deal with issues by what? Prayer. In your workplace, you don't deal with issues by just talking plenty. You deal with issues by what? Prayer. In your schools, you don't deal with issues by talking plenty. But you deal with issues by prayer. Now, this is what we are missing as a church. And I mean the whole body of church. This is what we are missing. In Acts chapter 1, verses 12 to 14 that I just read, verses 14 says, these all continue with one accord in what? Prayer. Good. Acts chapter 4, verses 23. The Bible says, so they all heard that they raised their voice to God. With what? With what? Oh, please, can I preach to the church? With what? Do everybody have their Bible? Please, read your Bible, what your Bible says. With what? Yeah, if you're not looking at your Bible, please look at the screen because it's helpful. With what? With what? With one accord. What are we doing nowadays? We come to church. Prayer time, we choose to come because I feel like I can make it today. I don't feel like I can make it. Yeah. Huh? That's not one accord. I have to teach it here because next week going, when we are going to this series, the people have to understand this. When it comes to prayer time, some people are, their mind is somewhere else. Doing unnecessary things. In the house of God, so many people are so distracted for everything. Anything can get your senses. Whenever you become easily distracted, you have to ask yourself, where is prayer? Because it's prayer that keeps you focused and tuned into the things of God. Anything catches your attention. But when you are melted in prayer, when you are being filled in prayer, you are so in tune with God. Because it is through prayer 
that we build our intimacy with God. So you are so in tune with God that nothing else can distract you. Are you getting in me here? But they did it on what? The base of what? Being one accord. I, I want to challenge the church. Let's carry a different attitude of how do we handle our affairs. Let's carry a different attitude as a church. When it comes to prayer, we all stand together in prayer. When we are thinking about somebody who is sick or ill, we stand together in prayer. Just because I don't know this person, I don't pray. When so you hear of a problem or somebody's issue in the house, this is not your time that you go about just talking anyway, anyhow. You pray. I don't know how I can really, this is built, embedded in me. The church needs to be a church of prayer, my brother. We have to enjoy the atmosphere of prayer. Because it is through prayer, he says that, ask in my name. Whatever you ask in my name, you shall what? Receive it. God is willing to give you all that he wants to give you. But without the church praying, we can't receive. The church needs to be a church of prayer. If this church can be what God has called us to be, prayer needs to be rooted in us. From the youngest child to the oldest person here. It's not a prayer team. Prayer is beyond the prayer ministry. Prayer is for the body of Christ. So just because you are not part of the prayer team, you say, you know, church actually doesn't start at 10. But it starts at 11. Because you don't need to be in prayer. You have already isolated yourself. My God. Out of what the Lord has set for us to do. You see, we cannot be something different from what God has said. If we don't do what God has said, then we are something different. And that is where we, we feel, we, we see challenges that we cannot handle. But I know my Redeemer lives. I know that if this church mount up in prayer, you will see a difference. A difference in the life of his people. A difference in the life of our county. A difference in the life of this state. A difference in the life of this country. You will see a difference if we can pray. This morning as I end, we are engaging in prayer. The glorious leap is about the place of prayer. We want to leap in our place of prayer. Leap in strength in prayer. Leap in time of prayer. Leap in everything concerning prayer. Let prayer become our very life and our very DNA. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. And I pray that your life as a child of God in prayer will change as we move forth in this course of the year. As we deal with these very verses carefully in Luke chapter 11, it is my prayer that you come to understand that prayer is not just for just anything, but prayer carries the substance of life. God bless you. Let's all rise.